You know, last week, Tom Taylor, he kicked off this new series that we're studying on We Are the Church, and uh, today I'm going to be speaking on that as well. But folks, you just witness what it means to be in the church and be a part of it. When we come together with, with a single purpose to lift up our hands, our holy hands in prayer for someone who doesn't know the, 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 the grace and the forgiveness that we found, that's the body of Christ in action. Amen. And uh, let's just pray. Father, Lord, I just come before you and I thank you for your for your mercy and your grace, Lord, and uh, to be able to be a part of, of your family when you came into my life and into my heart and you changed me from the inside out. You gave me a hope and a future, but you gave me something so much more and, and something I treasure above most, most anything else beside you, and that's, that's my brothers and sisters because in my darkest days, they were there. And, uh, and Lord, I don't know what I could, where I'd be without them, and I just I thank you for, for not only the body here at Harvest but the, the body of Christ in general. Uh, wherever we go, where two or more are gathered in your name. You're there with us, and we thank you for that. We, we can be the church when we're standing in the middle of Walmart. And uh, so, Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you for Jesus, above all, for his, his love, his great love, his great sacrifice that he's made for us that we might be in right standing with you. And that kind of goes along with the first part of our scriptures today. So, Lord, we just ask that your Holy Spirit would fall in this place on uh, each, every, each and every man, woman, and child that, that hears the message, Lord, that, uh, that they would be encouraged to, uh, to just with boldness and confidence to strike out and, and, and show the world who they belong to. And we thank you for, for what you're going to do, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. As I said, we started a new series last Sunday, and uh, Tom... Uh, I watched it online. I wasn't here uh, on Facebook Live, but uh, he spoke on, you know, in the scriptures out of First uh, Corinthians chapter twelve, how we, though many, form one body, and each and every one of us have specific roles, and we are all valuable to the body because we need each other, right? We need each other. We need to have each other in our lives, and and I need you. I want you to know that uh, I love you guys. But today's scripture is going to come out of Hebrews chapter 19, verses 20, or 10, I'm sorry, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. If you go looking in Hebrews from chapter 19, you're probably not going to find it, all right? <laughs> you're not going to find it. So uh, with that being said, I'm just going to go ahead and read first, and we'll unpack it as we go, okay? And it says, therefore, brothers, and since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, Open for us through the curtain, that is, his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, let us not give up meeting together, 
as some are in the habit of doing. But let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Word of the Lord, amen. A lot of stuff there. And we, it uh, wasn't long ago, I think, was it about a year, year and a half ago, we were studying Hebrews. And, and I don't think we went through the whole, the whole book, but we were in there. And we know that, that the Paul, I mean, not Paul, we don't know who actually wrote Hebrews. We think maybe Luke. But uh, the writer of Hebrews was appealing to those, the Jewish Christians after that first generation because they were beginning to lose hope and, and be discouraged and they were falling away and going back uh, into Judaism. And, and he was trying to show them and making the, the case for Christ how Christ was superior. If you look in Hebrews chapter 1, it talks about how Jesus Christ is far superior than the angels, far superior than Moses, far superior than the prophets of old. Then he goes on to talk about him being uh, a great high priest in the order of Mechizeldeek, or whatever his name is. I can't pronounce it. Can you say it? Okay, that guy. All right. <laughs> but he is our great high priest, and we see that uh, being uh, brought forth again in, in the in the scripture verses here from uh, chapter ten verses nineteen through twenty five, and we learned a long time ago from Jonathan Fable that whenever we see a therefore in the scriptures, then we need to go back and see what that therefore is there for, right? What is he talking about? And uh, well, if you look in, in uh, verses ten seventeen and eighteen, it says this. Let me get turned over to it. It says, then he adds, their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven, there's no, in, no longer any sacrifice for sin. So that sin that God has forgiven in us yesterday, today, and tomorrow, it's gone and he's forgotten. He's, it's no longer there, right? That's what he's saying. It's no longer there. So we don't have to go back like the old Jewish traditions and ritual was once a year on the Day of Atonement to have the high priest go in and, and sacrifice and, 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 and put an, an, an atonement offering in the Holy of Holies for us. Jesus Christ died once and for all and he became that ultimate sacrifice for our sins and the sins of the world. Definitive statement, amen? That's what we believe. That's what brings me hope in my heart. So that's where we begin at. That's what that therefore is there for. He says, therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, open for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God. Okay, well, I can kind of unpack that a little bit. We know that the day that Jesus died on that cross, you know, the scriptures tell us in Matthew 27 and I think Luke 24 that the skies became dark at noon. And when he gave up his spirit and he died, he said, it's finished. And what happened? The ground shook. And at that moment, that very moment, that curtain, that veil that separated the most holy place in the temple, the holy of holies, from everybody, everything else, was torn in two from the top to the bottom giving access and letting people see. Before that time, on the Day of Atonement, the high priest would have to cleanse himself, do a, a ceremonial cleansing of his body, 
for, you know, ask for forgiveness of his sins, make an offering for his own sins. And before he went in to the Holy of Holies, they, they, the other priest would tie a rope around his waist and he had little bells on the, on the head, hem of his, of his garment so they could hear him moving around in there because if anybody went in there that was not free of sin and was not completely pure, it was said that the God would strike him down. So they put that rope around him time and tied around him so they could drag him back out because no one could enter and have access to God except that high priest and only once a year, and that was for atonement of, of the people's sins. But now, through the blood of Jesus Christ, that veil, that curtain has been torn, and we can go through it. What did Jesus say? I think it, I got it wrote down here. But I remember when I was talking about that, that Jesus said that he was the way, the truth, and the life. That no one comes to the Father except what? Through him. Through him. So we see that he is that, that curtain, that veil that we, we go through to get, get access to God, right? He's the one that brings us access. And he also, uh, it says in Romans chapter 8, verse 34, that he sits at the right hand of the Father and he intercedes on our behalf. The Son, I think it's in 34, it says this, that he, Jesus Christ, who died, but more than that, who was raised again, now sits at the right hand of the Father and he intercedes for us. He is our intercessor and he's how we get to the Father. So when it says that a new and living way opened up for us through the curtain, that is his body, and says that well, since we have this great high priest who is Jesus, we, uh, over the house of God, it says, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith. What's that mean? Let us draw near to God. James chapter 4, verse 8 tells us, draw near to God and he will draw near to us. He'll draw near to us. And it says that we can, we can do that with a sincere heart. That means a pure heart. God has sent his son to die for our sins that we might have life and have it to the full we don't have to keep looking over our shoulder wondering if judgment's going to catch up with us because our sin has been forgiven you know and there's so many people even those who profess Jesus as their Lord and Savior I've heard it many many times say well I just don't see how God could forgive me because my sin's so bad you ever heard that well that's denying the power of the blood of Jesus to to cover sin to wash it away. Jesus, we can have full assurance that what Jesus did on that cross had the power to forgive us of our sins and had the power to bring us into right standing with God. That's what it did. We have now access to the most holy places and we have access to the Lord because of what Jesus did. He is the one who, who brought us that access. So we have we have full assurance, but it says to have a sincere heart. Many of us maybe still slip up every once in a while. And that thinks, we think that that discredits us from being loved by God. I want to, you to know to have full assurance that God loves you regardless. 
He never, it's not about works, right? We, we learned that. We, we've seen that through Hebrews and through our studies that God's love for us is not based on anything we do. And I'm so thankful for that. He doesn't love me based on my performance levels. He loves me because he loves me. He's God and I'm not. And when I understand that, then I can walk in the full assurance that God loves me. Even though I'm a sinner, I've been saved by his grace. You have been saved by his grace. And if you're here today and you're still struggling somewhere in your life, know this, God loves you. He loves you beyond your performance level. And he will always love you. My favorite scripture in all of, of all the Bible comes out of Romans 8, chapter 38 and 30, chapter 8, verses 38 and 39. And it says this, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation can ever separate us from the love of, of God that's in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate you from God's love. Hear me. Nothing can separate you from God's love. Do you believe that in your heart with sincerity and truth? I hope so, because you have the full assurance that that's the case. Jesus Christ died for you that you might have that full assurance and enter into the family of God and be called a brother or sister. Amen? So a sincere heart, meaning, okay, we have full assurance that Jesus Christ died for me and my sins have been washed away and I can walk with my head upright and when I face God, he asked me why I should let him or he should let me into his, his kingdom, into his heaven because I've taken Jesus Christ as my Savior, because he died and he's, he's, he's forgiven me of my sins through his blood. Hebrews 53, I mean Hebrews, Isaiah 53 says that he was pierced for our transgressions and he was crushed for our sins. And the punishment that he endures brings us peace. I pray that you have that peace today because he went through a lot to get it to us. Amen. We have this great high priest over the house of God who has defeated death. So whom shall we fear? Amen, Max. Nobody. Nobody. They used to be an old car commercial or something. Wasn't it that guy? Nobody. I'll give you a better deal. <laughs> Nobody loves you like Jesus. Nobody loves you like Jesus. So it says, let us draw near to God with sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience. You know, we talked about that, I think, when we were in James, and we were talking about how the heart, that they associate the heart with, with, with our conscience a lot of times. And it's talking about that in it. On the Day of Atonement, the priest would go out and he would sprinkle the people with blood to purify them. To purify them with, with blood. So they would think upon that day and remember what God had done for them 
through that sacrifice of atonement. So it, and that's what that full assurance is. He sprinkles us with the, with the blood of Jesus so we don't have guilty conscience about the sins of our past, the sins of today, or worrying about the sins we might commit tomorrow. God is in control. He's got this. He's got this. So it also says that uh, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water to cleanse us. Yeah, having our bodies washed with pure water. It's clearly a, 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 a re- reference to, to baptism, amen? That's clearly a reference to baptism, and it's ceremonially and, and it publicly means that we are dying to ourselves, being buried with Christ, and we rise up again. I don't know, back in my younger days when, when dinosaurs, dinosaurs still roamed the earth, I used to listen to a Christian group called the Imperials. I don't know if you ever knew that, but they had a song called Water Grave. Remember that? And it's in the course that went something like, I'm going down to the river to bury this old man or something like this because I want to show my heavenly father that this old man's finally died. And he's getting, the old man's dying and the new man's raising up, just like it says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. The new has come and the old is gone, right? A new and living way. New and living way. That's what that's talking about. We have our bodies washed with pure water. Then it says this, another one of them, I call them salad scriptures, okay? Because it starts out with lettuce. Right, lettuce? All right. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, come on. It says, it says that uh, I lost my place on that one. Having it, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. We don't have to doubt whether God has loves us and God has forgiven us. We may have tough things happen to us, but that doesn't that doesn't mean that God doesn't love us any longer. God's got this. Matter of fact, the darkest day of my life was when Nick died. But my God showed up. And God's people showed up. And he let me know that he still loved me. And I just needed to trust him. He gave me a peace that day that I don't understand. I still have it. Because God's faithful. He always has and he always will be. There's not one single promise in this book that he has not fulfilled. Numbers 23.19 tells us, that God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should act and not fulfill. He doesn't. He doesn't make promises he don't intend to keep. And every promise that he's ever made, he's fulfilled except for the one. And that's Jesus coming back. And I believe that's coming soon. And it even talks about this a little later on here in the scriptures. We, we can draw near to him and we can have a, 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 a clean conscience. And we can hold unswervingly to that hope we have. We don't have to wonder or worry about God's loving us because he does. He loves you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him would have eternal life, right? We just got to have faith. We put our trust in him. We put our trust in him. 
he is faithful. I don't know how many times I just love it when people come up to me and they just shake their heads and they say, man, you ain't going to believe what God did. <laughs> oh, yeah, I believe. I believe. Let us hold unswervingly, unswervingly to the, to the hope we profess. And I hope you're, you're professing or confessing to people about how, God, how good God is in your life. Because people need to hear it. There's people out there that don't have the hope that we do. And we need to show them that hope. Amen. That's what we're called to do. Amen. If you look in the book of Acts in that early church and you see all the, the excitement of how many people were being added to their numbers daily. And it was because that they were talking about it. They were telling people. They were excited Now we're almost afraid to say the name of Jesus out loud in public. Me neither, Max. But let us hold unswerving to the hope we profess. And then there's another let us verse here. It says, and let us consider how we might spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us consider how we might spur one another on in good deeds. Well, we had a prime example of that this morning, didn't we? Jarvis showing kindness and his friend showing kindness to that, to that girl. Jesus said this, a new command I give unto you, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. So that by this, men and little girls in sex trafficking might know that we truly are your disciples. They'll know us by the way we love, by the way you love, the way I love. It reminded me when I read that about a time when we were, uh, before we even went into the jail ministry, we went to see a, a nephew that was incarcerated up here in the old jail. And in the old jail, before they built this new one, there was a, uh, visiting booths in the front in the front lobby there and they had glass you know partitions and they bring the prisoners in on one side and you could go in and and you could talk to your to your to your loved one or your friend through the through the glass and and it was right there they didn't you know there's only three or four booths I think it was but we were standing there and we were going to go see our nephew and who was incarcerated and and uh, I don't know if you guys know Steve and Wanda Bullock but they were there to see someone else, and I don't know who it was, but they were there, and we were talking, and, and you know, and it was good to see them, and, and, and we were talking about things of the Lord, and this woman came in crying, and all of a sudden she just stopped. And she says, excuse me, you're, you, you people are people of God, aren't you? And Steve said, yes, we are. And he, she just started crying. She said, well, I need somebody to pray for me. But they just took my baby away, and I don't know what to do. And Steve, you know, in the boldness that he had, he says, well, do you believe that God can work a miracle in this situation? And she stopped, and she pondered, and she said, yes, I do. So we prayed for her. And when we left there, we don't know what took place, but that moment was an encouraging moment to me because, you know, standing there just talking to each other and, and firing one another up, these, this, this, people, this person from the world had heard us 
and she knew that she had a need and she wanted desperately to have God intercede on her behalf. So we were able to pray for her. You know, and that just, that just came to mind when I thought about that, spurring one another on towards love and good deeds. You know, one of the practical ways I like to put this into, 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 into play is I'll go into to a, a convenience store and I'll get me a soda. And somebody's standing there behind me in the line, and it's long, and you know, and they're probably trying to get to work, and I'm just trying to go home and loaf. And and uh, I said, I'll say, you know, I want to pay for that person's drink, that coffee, whatever. And that man, woman, child, whoever it is, they'll say, well, well, you you don't have to do that. And I said, I know, I don't have to, but I want to. I said, I had someone to pay the debt for me that I couldn't. I couldn't have possibly paid for myself. So, you know, it's called grace. Isn't it amazing? You know, and it just, one, one, one guy, he just, big old burly construction worker, he had tears coming in his eyes. He was having a hard, hard morning, and, and he says, you know, he said, I grew up in the church. And he says, but that's, he says, I needed that this morning. And he hugged me, and he said, thank you. And he turned around, and he bought the coffee for the guy behind him. <laughs> So we can spur one another on towards love and good deeds. We don't even have to know them, amen? Jarvis didn't know this little girl, but he saw that there was a need there for something. And we can do that, you know. And I don't know how many times I've seen that, that love and good deeds bring about a positive change in somebody's life and sometimes even bring them closer to the Lord. I remember another time there was a young unwed or young single mom had three children barely making ends meet and she was moving out of one of the government housing units because there was issues there with her children and, and she was another Christian man and woman were were giving her a place to stay and she needed help moving and she didn't have anybody to help move and all of her friends she thought were friends that said they would help her move, they didn't show up on the day that she had to move. So here she is desperate, you know, and about four lighthouse guys show up, and they move her in two hours. Didn't take a whole lot of time. Those guys were blessed to do it, you know. But that made a positive impact in her life because she was not a believer then either. But she is now. She is now. And her son's going on to, to uh, he's going to be a, he's going to be a pastor. He's, he's going to join in, in, in the ministry. All because of one act of kindness. In an hour that she needed the most, God showed up. So we can spur one another on towards love and good deeds. We don't know what God will do with those things. You know, we plant the seeds. He's the one that makes them grow and, and come to fruition, Right? It's just for us to be obedient, to show what we believe in and who we believe in by what we do and what we say. That's the body of Christ. That's the church. And we are that church. We are that church. Verse 25 says, Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see that day approaching. And we saw the early church coming together quite often, didn't we? In the book of Acts there, we saw them coming together. For What were they doing? They were breaking bread, having communion together, praying for one another, 
and just being in communion, living life together, doing life together, I think um, some of you call it. And I don't know about you, but uh, this family of believers that I belong to, they're amazing. They, they make me want to be a better man. You guys make me want to be a better man. They, you make me want to be a better godly man. You do it. And I miss, we've, we, uh, we have a small group, and, and we've kind of, uh, because everybody's so busy, we, we took the summer off, and we haven't even started back yet, but we've been having a couple campfires. <laughs> We're going to have one tonight. <laughs> but uh, we, we just come together to be around each other, you know. As iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another, right? We love one another, and we want to be together. And, and I pray that if you're not in a small group that maybe you get in one, or if, if you feel led, host one in your own home. We love it. We have done it. I don't know, Barb and Virgil, I think, are, uh, we, we had started our first small group back in the year, I think it was 2000 or 2001. So over 20 years, we've had same people in a small group. And uh, it's been a blessing, and, and I love them so much. Lori's been a part of that as well, Fulcher. She's sick today, by the way. You need to pray for her. Um, but we, we need to be around each other because if we're not, if we don't surround ourselves with, with our, our godly brothers and sisters, we isolate ourselves, and then that's when we start losing that, that uh, full assurance of, of a clean conscience because Satan will jump up on your shoulder when you're, when you're by yourself. And you'll start talking about how bad you were, how, how things, you know, you, you don't deserve the love that God's given you. Did you really get forgiven? You know, just like you did in the garden. Did God really say? You know, so we need that daily, I don't, if not daily, but we need interaction with one another. We need to have that happen. And why do we do that? It says, let us encourage one another. Let us encourage one another. You know, when I come into into contact with with my brothers and sisters that that encourages me because i see somebody who who i know is walking with the lord and i see the the difference god's making in their lives and they got this smile on their face and a peace and a contentment in their in their hearts and i don't know about you but it it just brings me joy it brings me joy and it says this and all the more as you see the day approaching and we know we just talked about it that God has always fulfilled his promises. There's only one left that he hasn't fulfilled out of prophecy, and that's Jesus coming back. But I can tell you one thing, is what I see happening in the world today, I believe it's going to be soon. So we need to encourage each other more and more as we see this day approaching. And one, once more is we need to start telling people about Jesus. We need to let them know in love that they don't want to be left behind. I don't, want, I don't know, I, I, I can't think of anybody that I can come across in my, my daily life that I don't want to see in heaven. How about you? So we need to start telling them about that, you know, and uh, this past week's been kind of hard. I lost two friends to cancer, both young men younger than me. But what brings my heart so much joy is hearing their, you know, they were living in the world as I was living in the world. One of them, the first time I ever met him was, was when I was in the world, but I was working as a police officer and I arrested him. And then after I became a Christian and I gave my heart to the Lord, quit running, 
and God ordained, I think it was six or seven years ago now that I, that I did their wedding ceremony for him and his girlfriend. And last Wednesday, I think it was, I got a call that he was on his deathbed and he was, didn't have long to live, but he wanted to talk to me about things that mattered. And I was already heading down. He lives in Evansville, and I went down there, and I, I just laid it out to him. I said, you know, you know what, your, what the score is here, and, and soon you're going to be leaving this life that you know, but it's not going to be the end of you. And the most important decision you can ever make is laying before you right now, life and death, heaven or hell. And God loves you, and he wants you to choose life. He's always loved you. I love you, and that's why I'm telling you. We all are, we're all sinners, and we all have fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible tells us this. And the wages of that sin is death. But Jesus came, and he took away that, that penalty through his blood, blood and his body that died on that cross. He died for our sins. And it says that if we, we confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts that, that he's our Lord and, 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 and God raised him from the dead, we'd be saved. I said, do you believe that? He said, yes, I want to believe. And I said, well, when we believe God is just and he's faithful, he will forgive us for our sins. And he, that will make us in right standing with the Lord. So we prayed with him. He accepted the Lord that day. And I was going to another place, and I had to get over there. So I, I prayed with him and hugged his wife and some of the family that was there and, and made my way back to, to work over there. I was working in a, a friend of mine who passed away. He had a gun shop, and I've been working in his gun shop helping his widow, widows. So I go over there, and I'm working on gun stuff, and I get a call. And they said, can you come back? Are you still here in Evansville? And I said, yeah, I'm still here. He says, well, Bob wants to get baptized. <laughs> man was so weak he couldn't even walk so his sons carried him into that bathroom and put him in that bathtub and he died to himself that day and he raised up a new man living for God with the full assurance that heaven waits him and the next morning at 430 that last breath he took on this earth was the first breath he took in the arms of Jesus. I rejoice knowing that. And my other friend who passed away this past week, he was baptized a couple months ago because he knew that the most important decision that he made was that one to serve the Lord. All the more as we see the day approaching. No one knows the day or the hour that that's going to happen, so we need to be ready, amen? For those that we love, maybe even when we don't even like, they need to know about Jesus. Those little pieces of paper represent those that God's put on our heart that he would draw them near, that they might come to that relationship. I pray that you never forget about praying for those pieces of paper. I don't know whose names are on them. I know there's a couple of them that I put. 
But I pray for those every day that God would draw them near. And every time I get to talk to them, I tell them about Jesus and how he loves them. Some of them are not living for the Lord right now. They're struggling with their own battles with addictions. But God still loves them. And I pray that they come to that realization that one day they're going to have to meet him one way or another. Either welcome good and faithful servant or be gone from me for I never knew you. And I can't imagine a more discouraging, disheartening thing to hear the Lord say those words than to know that you're going to face torment for eternity. I don't want anybody to face that. So that's why I tell them about Jesus. Amen. So we see that we can have confidence to enter the most holy place of God through that blood of Jesus, his body, that veil that was torn, that we might have access through Jesus Christ. These scriptures tell us that we can have confidence in that. I think in Hebrews 4.16 it says, Let us approach the throne of grace with confidence that we might receive mercy and help in our time of need. Amen. We can do these things because of what Jesus done for us. We can do these things. We have full confidence. And we, we ought to be fired up, folks. Jesus died, and he, not more than that, he says, he rose again. He defeated and he conquered death and Satan who had held the keys and the power of death. So we don't have to fear nothing no more. Nothing no more. We can walk with a new confidence in knowing that Jesus died and we have been made right inside of God. And we can, we can go into that most holy of holy places and we can enter into the presence of God and we can present our request to him and he will hear us. That's power, isn't it? That's power of the blood of Jesus right there. And as I'm going to close here, and as we're going to partake uh, communion, we need to think about those things, what, what really took place the day that Jesus died for us. That body that was broken, that was pierced for our transgressions, that blood that was poured out for the sins of many, Jesus says, when you take of this cup, when you eat of this bread, do these things in remembrance of me. Let us not ever forget what, what it cost God to save us. We have victory through his blood. We're more than, I, Romans chapter 8, I keep going back to that. It's one of my favorite chapters. But it says that we're more than conquerors through, through Christ who loved us. We're more than conquerors. No matter what you're facing today. God has got this, Max. He's, you're more than conquerors. You are overcomers through him. Amen? So as we partake of the, the juice and we partake of the, of the bread, let us do it as, with an attitude of victory because Jesus Christ brought that for us. He bought that with, with his own body and blood. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you and we, we give you thanks that, that, Lord, you're God and we're not that you sent your son to die, that we might be in a right relationship with you, that we don't have to, to look over his shoulders any longer because our sin 
has been paid for by the blood of Jesus. He is our great high priest, and he is over the house of the Lord, and he says that, that we can come to him when we're weary, when we're burdened, when we got things that are weighing us down. We can just lay them at his feet, and he'll carry them with us, for us. So, Lord, I just pray that, uh, that that sacrifice that you made, that we would start living it out, that we would, we would mm, walk in that power of your resurrection with confidence, and we would boldly profess and confess that you are our Lord and Savior. You have done these things, and you are faithful, and you, you're good all the time and you'll never leave or forsake us nothing can separate us from your love death can't demons can't the present can't height nor depth can't nothing can separate us from your love so lord i pray that that as much as you have loved us that we would walk in that love and we would show it to other folks. That we could encourage one another. That we could spur each other up. Fire each other up. Because I believe that day that you come again is coming quickly. So we need to, to be men and women of action. Not just talk a good talk. But walk the walk and, and show people who we belong to by the way that we love and the way that we live. So Lord, we just we just give you thanks for Jesus. Thanks that we can be in an assembly with like-minded people that understand and know that the church isn't about a building or coming together on a Sunday morning. It's about living life every day, every minute in the newness of life that you've given us. So that men and women might see that there's something different about right. us. We give you thanks for what you're going to do. We just ask, Father, through us and in us and to us that you be glorified. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.